about to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. church because you know what you had yesterday was wonderful but it is in preparation for what's coming do you understand and the revelation that most of you got yesterday was simply the compassion of God and that God loves me and without understanding how much God really loves you unconditionally say unconditionally number one you're never going to be a real good minister and number two you're gonna have trouble receiving things from God because every time you pray for something and don't get it, God always seems to get the blame that it's his fault that I didn't get it because that's just the way God is. No, you're missing it somewhere. It's never on his end. It's basically on our end. So compassion is a key in your life. To, it's just like the springboard to everything in your life that you're going to do, whether you're ministering to people, whether you're receiving from God, no matter what you're doing. Just go to Ephesians chapter 2. This is a revelation you can get anywhere. You just didn't have to be here yesterday. God wants you to get this revelation. I got it in a Catholic confessional. Now, come on. If you can get it there, you can get it anywhere. I'm telling you right now. It's anywhere you can get it. All right, Ephesians chapter 2, are you there? Look at verse 1, and you, has he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, verse 1, wherein in times past you walked according to the course of this world, how many did that? According to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our lifestyle in times past, the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, we were by nature the children of wrath, even as others, but God who is rich in mercy and for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, he has made us alive together with Christ. By grace are you saved. He has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come we might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith and not of ourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should... I was reading this scripture years ago, and basically the church was only a couple years old at that time. You know, finances were up, iffy, up and down, if and now. So I was praying the scripture, and I read verse 4. It says, but God who is rich in what? Mercy. He's rich in what? Mercy. And for his great what? Love. When I read this scripture, God said, stop believing for riches and believe become rich in mercy and love. And to be honest with you, it didn't really interest me much at that time. <laughs> Because I was more interested in the financial aspects of something. But notice God is rich, rich in mercy and for his great what? Love. love. He loved us. Now notice what he did. Because of his love and because of his mercy for you, because of that, he died for you. Yes. And he, he made you alive and he raised you up and seated you by grace. What's the grace? The grace is something he did before you did anything. 
The church has concentrated so much on faith to receive from God that they forgot love of God to receive from God. And because of that, they've had trouble receiving from God because they're constantly trying to build their faith. And then they feel guilty because they don't have enough faith or God doesn't answer their faith and they do have enough faith. And once again, it's a separation from you from the love of God. You've got to understand everything that God did, he did. See, you didn't, you, salvation wasn't available to you the day that you lifted your hand and received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. It was available to you the day that you were even, it was available before you even were created. Yes. Why? He loved you so much. He, right back then, salvation was already there. But how many, you know, even though he provided it for everybody, did he provide it for everybody? Yes. Is salvation for everybody? Is everybody saved? No. Oh, is that God's fault? No. no, it's our fault. As soon as you know about the love of God, you won't have any trouble getting saved. Right. Let's go a little further. He healed all of us before we were even sick. Yes, that's right. See, he didn't, he didn't wait to get sick. He already healed you. He went to the cross. You, were, how many of you were here when he went to the cross? I didn't think so. How many were here when he was raised from the dead? So all that was already provided, wasn't it? And why did, why did he do that? Did he do it just because he thought he might like us later on? No, he did it because he's rich in mercy and because of the great love he has for us. He did that even before we were lost in the world, subject to the flesh, nature of the devil, all that stuff. He did it beforehand. It was already provided, but guess who had to receive it? And why don't people receive things from God? Once again, what can I do to get healed? How am I going to get healed? I don't know why God don't heal me. I've come to church. I've done this. I've done that. You don't understand that that's not your qualification to receive from God, you receive from God because you know he's rich in mercy and because of his great love he has for me. So receiving is simply a thing of understanding how much he loves you and receiving from God. Now the grace is there and it's going to take faith to receive the grace, but you're not going to have faith if you think God's holding it from you. God don't want you to have it. God could care less about you, but notice he is rich in mercy and for his great love. See, all of us in here today are redeemed from the curse. Read the curse. Deuteronomy 28, it is an ugly chapter. But you've got to remember, because he's rich in mercy and his grace, we have been redeemed from the second half of chapter 28. Are you following me? But many people don't know that. So they don't know that. They just don't simply receive what easily has been given to you. Salvation was by grace through faith. But faith comes from the love of God. Faith worketh by? All right, now let's go a little bit further. When you know God's perfect love for you and you know how much he cares for you and how much rich in mercy and great love, it, it becomes something called perfect love. Say perfect love. perfect love. And what does perfect love do? Thank you very much. People say, well, I was afraid to do that. I was afraid to get up. I was afraid to do that. Well, you, when you start getting a revelation of the love of God, you ain't going to be afraid of that stuff anymore, praise God. Because you're going to come to a place where you stop caring about what people think and only care about what he thinks. And like Ted talked this morning, their spiritual gift, God, God isn't really going to give you a spiritual gift. You've already got the gift yeah. on the inside of you. And the gift will manifest however the gift needs to manifest to help somebody else in your life. So you have potential to operate in all nine gifts if you're available and with God and will come out. But there's something that may keep you from doing that, and it's called fear. Well, I do that, but I don't know if I'm going to be right. And what are they going to think when I get up there? Blah, 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 blah. But now when you find out the love of God, how much loves you, that fear goes out the window, and you'll do it. Hallelujah. And I'll tell you what, I would rather start out getting word over people and missing it the first three times and then helping somebody than hiding and never doing it in my entire life because I'm afraid somebody ain't going to like the way I look and the like way I do things. See, what is that? That's fear. And the only way you get rid of fear is by understanding the perfect love of God and God right now is opening people's eyes Amen. to the perfect love of God to remove the fear out of their life. The Bible calls fear a spirit of bondage. Amen. 
See, none of us should be in bondage. If we are, it's a fear problem somewhere along the line. So what am I going to do? I'm going to get God's perfect love in that one. I understand how much God loves me. Fear is going to go by the wayside. Hallelujah. It won't make any difference to you. And I'll tell you, when you're doing it in love, how many know the Bible says he has shed the Holy Ghost love, love of God abroad in your heart by the? So not only does I know he loves me, but I understand that he has given me not the love of the world, not the love I thought it was, but I've got the love of God on the inside of me. Now I am available to unconditionally love other people around me, and that's where your ministry gets powerful. It don't get powerful, and I'm going to lay a hand on them. They're going to fall down, it, and hopefully it's in the papers tomorrow, and ESPN comes in here and does a photo of it and tells everybody how, and we all sing, how great I am, how great I am. No, it don't work. It's love and compassion out of the inside of you that causes you to do these things. And you'll move up in love and you'll get rid of the fear that you've always had not to do these things because you know you're in line with God and you're doing it. So grace has been provided for all of us to receive from God. What do you need? You just need to know the mercy and grace of God. Do, do you deserve it? No. How many of you want what you deserve? <laughs> Nobody, right? We're not going to argue that one, are we? So notice, you can't qualify for your salvation. How many of you qualified? No. And you can't really be disqualified. All you, all you got to do is, it's already there. You're already qualified. Same way with healing. You cannot qualify for healing. You cannot qualify for blessings. You cannot qualify for financial prosperity. It's already been given to you because God is rich in mercy and because of his great love. We're with you, praise God. He's already given you that. All right, go to Matthew 14. And when you know he loves you, you get clarity on your call. You're no longer in wonder, what am I supposed to do? What am I not supposed to do? Why should I do it? Why shouldn't I do it? You know what you're supposed to do, and you become solid in God's love in that area, so it doesn't make any difference. If we have church next week and three people would show up, I'd still have church. You know, if if my wife was the only one that showed up, she'd be the most preached up wife you've ever seen in your entire life. (laughs) See? But I'm not going to quit because of things in the natural around me. I know my call. I know what God has done. He's called me to raise people up. He's called me to give the love of God to people, the power of God, and understand what's going on. Praise God. All right, Matthew 14. Look at verse 14. And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with... I'm sorry, moved with... He was moved with compassion toward them. And what did he do? Healed their sick. Now, what? this is Jesus... Jesus sees a multitude of people, and how's he moved? Is he moved by fear? No. By even pity? No. By even a, no, he was moved by compassion. Now, compassion basically is the love of God. Say the love of God. Now, we already know from the Bible that God is love. He doesn't have love. So anytime you're moved by compassion, you are moved by God. See, it's not you doing it, because a lot of times when you're being moved by compassion, it's not something your brain is telling you that would be a good idea to do at this point, praise God. See? It don't sound good to you at all. But when the compassion of God takes over and the love of God takes over, you are moved by God or moved by compassion. Now, what does that love of God do? Once again, faith works by love. It releases the faith in the situation. Come on now. And what does faith do? If you were here on Wednesday night, it causes you to declare a bold utterance. And that bold utterance releases the power of God out of the inside of you to change the situation out here. So Jesus was moved with compassion. But notice also, verse 14, and Jesus went forth and he did what? No, Jesus went forth and did what? For 14, right at the beginning, and Jesus went forth and what? Saw. saw. Thank you very much. Saw. I thought I had a wrong Bible there or something for a little bit. But he saw. Now notice, every situation you come to, you are going to see something. 
you're either going to see the problem, you're either going to see how bad that problem is, you're going to see how terrible things is, or you're going to see as a brand new creation in Christ Jesus, old things have passed away and all things have become new. Now, instead of seeing a problem, you're starting to see opportunities. Opportunities to love on that person, release the power of God out of the inside of you through a declaration and set them free. You're not looking at, oh, I'm so sorry for you. I just feel so bad. Here, here, have a candy bar that'll make you feel better. No, now you're going to be moved by God. And God always moves in his will in a situation. Does God want people healed? Delivered? Set free? Saved? So you're being moved by God, aren't you? So what's God doing? He's slowly moving you. Why? Because I love that person. I don't care what they look like. I don't care what they've done. I don't care what they're qualified to do. I don't care if they've been good or bad. Everybody says, we'd come to your church, but we're afraid the walls would fall in when we get there and nothing would happen. Why is that? They think their salvation is based on what they've done. And they can become the most spotless person over the next three years they want, but it ain't going to help them because it's not like that. It's because God is rich in mercy because of the great love which he has for that person. He's trying to bring them in to understand that love and get born again in the kingdom of God. So notice Jesus was moved how here? By compassion. All right, go to Luke chapter 7. That a boy, brother. <laughs> All right, Luke chapter 7, look at verse 11. And it came to pass the day after that Jesus went into a city called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him, and much people. Now when he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and much people of the city was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he, wa- he had what? compassion on her and said unto her weep not and he came and touched the buyer and they that bare him stood still and he said young man I say unto you arise and he that was dead sat up now man how would you like to have been here my god you imagine that I mean we read this stuff sometimes I put me in these stories and I'm thinking my god I don't know maybe I'd have ran away I don't know a guy sits up by that thing he knows what he was doing you know, give me a sandwich, whatever he said when he got up. It doesn't really say here what it is. All right, look at it, verse 15. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak. And he delivered him to his mother. And notice, there was so much excitement, hallelujahs, and backflips in the congregation that everybody went wild. That people were just so excited about what God did. We are just so happy for what God did. We're just praising the Lord here in this funeral thing. No. And it came upon them. And they glorified God, saying, a great prophet has written among us today. And God has visited his people. Now notice, once again, we talk about, I don't know, it was last week, week before, if you're not acquainted with supernatural things, the more you get around supernatural things, the more acquainted you're going to get with supernatural things. If you're not acquainted with supernatural things, somebody could raise somebody from the dead and you run away. Come on, the Mount Transfiguration, Jesus started glowing. You know what they did? They fell on their faces and about passed out and said they were sore afraid. They weren't even afraid. They were sore afraid. Why? Because the supernatural things of God will scare you if you're not used to what God wants to do in this day and hour. But notice, God gave us power. He looked at the disciples and said, don't go anywhere until you receive this spirit of God on you. Now, if he didn't want us to use the power, why should they wait? They should have just said, go preach, and when the Holy Ghost comes, he comes, and you'll have another feather in your hat. No, he said, don't go anywhere because you need power. So our witnessing and our stuff is going to move to a new level. Makes me want to play the song, New Levels. New Levels. See, it rise, it's rising up on the inside. We're, we're going to start to see things different. Notice what he did. He saw her. Say, he saw her. 
verse 13, and when he saw her, now put yourself in that place. You're walking down the street. Here comes a woman with a dead person. I mean, what would you do? Would you go to Walgreens and get a card? See, what, what do you see? What do you see when you look at something like that? What do you, now, mind you, God, compassion is not going to move you to raise everybody from the dead that you come in contact with. But when compassion moves you, you have to be in a place to be ready to be moved in that situation. Do you see? Because you're being moved by God's love. In other words, God's love in you. All right, saying that one there needs raised from the dead. That lady is a widow, and that lady don't have any other man, and she needs a man in the house, so you need to go. So notice what he did? He touched the coffin. Say, he touched the coffin. And as soon as he did, know what happened? The funeral procession stood still. Say, stood still. When you're ministering out of compassion, sometimes you'll know when to get the situation to stand still. See, because when something starts going negative, it goes negative. How many of you know that? I mean, they're walking this guy to the grave. He had to stop the flow of what was going on there. So he touched the coffin, and it stopped. Say, it stopped. stopped. Once it stopped, praise God, now he can do something. See, it's not going in that wrong direction. It's at a standstill. And he has the power of God on the inside of him. So Jesus apparently saw that he had enough power in him not to heal a hangnail, sore toe, but to raise someone up from the dead on the inside of him. Once again, what did he have? He had basically on the inside of him the identity of Christ, the same identity that you have on the inside that nobody's ever told you about. See, if you're going to be an old, rotten, filthy, dirty sinner, don't try to raise anybody from the dead. You won't even be able to stop the funeral procession. You see what I mean? The power of God flows from your identity on the inside. That's where it comes from, who you are, where you're seated, the position that you've got. And it was all given to you by, not by what you did, but by the grace and the love of God that he given to you. Now look down here at the last verse, verse 16. And there came fear upon all them that glorified God, and a great prophet has risen, and God had visited his people. They said, God has visited his people. How I many know when God really visits his people, we call it revival? Yeah. Now this tells me that the source of revival is not power, Oh, we went and they got touched and they flew down and back and did a boat. They did that power. God was there. And it was a, how many know we like signs and wonders? But the source of revival is compassion, which leads to power, which leads to signs and wonders, which leads to deliverances in our life. Are you following me? So compassion is the key in our life. And that's what God is trying to do to each and every one of us and has been since the day you got born again, trying to get you to understand how much he loves you. I did something wrong. I mean, I was in a store one time, my gosh, and there was some lady in there, and I don't know if she had a fish necklace or something, but I knew she was a Christian or thought she was, and her had two little boys. Well, you go in a clothing store, you got two little boys, you know what's going to happen. <laughs> Come on. They're going to be running around hiding under the dresses and hiding under the clothes and doing this, and she stopped and went, you do that one more time, Jesus isn't going to love you anymore. I could have walked over and just slapped her right upside the head, praise God. Just like what they do was going to determine whether Jesus even loved them or not. So they were supposed to quit. And I'm thinking, is that the way people think? You know, when you don't think that way, you think, my gosh, where did that come from? But I'll tell you what, it's not only that lady in the store. There's people in churches all over this nation who believe the same thing. Every time they make a mistake, they go into guilt and condemnation. God doesn't love them. Every time something bad happens, God's against them because they did something wrong. Blah, 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 blah. You've got to find out how rich... In mercy he is, and the great love for which he has for you individually. Now, you can believe the great love he has for me, and that's not going to help you. You need to believe the great love that he has for you 
as a person. And not because you did anything, not because you're such a wonderful person, not because your hair came out perfect this morning, not because your shoes match your outfit. None of that has to do with it. He loves you anyway, praise God. He's rich in mercy and his great love for you. And the more compassion you understand, the more things are going to happen in your life. And I'll tell you, as this dispels fear, a lot of people are have financial problems. And you know why you have financial problems? Because you don't know how much God loves you. So you're operating in fear. Remember the one story? He gave one one talent. He gave one three talents. Gave one five talents. And the one with the one talent, what did he do? Why did he hide it? He was afraid. So he, and he lost the one talent. Many of you got one talent. You keep losing it. Why is that? I'm so afraid somebody's going to take it. I'm afraid I'm going to lose this thing. I'm afraid God doesn't love, love me enough to pay my bills. I'm afraid God. So what happens? You lose your one talent, and then somebody comes along and gives you another talent. And instead of planting it, so you come back with three or four talents, you just keep doing the same thing over and over and over and over. See? Fear, fear works in every area of your life. But I'll tell you, without fear, the devil can't do nothing in your life. Faith works in every area of your life, too. And with faith, God can do anything that you want done in your life. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, go to Mark chapter 1. All right, Mark chapter 1, look at verse 38. All right, go up to verse 39. And Jesus preached in their synagogue throughout all Galilee and cast out devils. And there came to him a leper, beseeching him, kneeling down to him and saying unto him, If thou will, thou can make me clean. And Jesus was moved with? He put forth his hand and touched him and said unto him, I will be thou clean. And as soon as he had spoken, the leprosy departed from him and he was cleansed. And he straightly charged him and forthwith sent them away and said, see that you say this or tell no man about this. All right, here comes Jesus. A leper's coming down. How many know what a leper is? How many know that a leper is very highly contagious? How many know you better know your identity? Come on, if you're going to minister and touch a leper, you better know your identity. See, if you're going to go, there's one time when I Years ago when I was going, somebody called me, and when people call me to come pray for them, I come pray for them, you know. And she was in a hospital, and she called me, wanted to come pray for her. When I got there, they had all these big signs, warning, warning, stay out, you're going to die, on the door. And I got there, and I said, hey, she called me, I'm a pastor, I'm supposed to go in and pray for them. She said, you can't do that, because it's in there everywhere. You're not allowed to go in. I said, well, when she asked me to pray for her, I got a quickening in my spirit, and it said, lay hands on the sick. And they it never said lay hands on the glass. It never said he dallas thou sign drag her out and lay hands on her. It told me to lay hands on the sick and thou shalt recover. You know. Now I had a word from God. How many of you know that? So praise God. I talked to him a little bit and they said, "Yeah, you're going to do it at your own risk." And I said, "There's no risk. Just open the door and let me in, would you?" And they did. And I got a chance to go in and pray for that person. But how many of you know you need to know? Yes. You need to know who you are. Otherwise, the leper is going to come in the back door here. And you're going to say, I hear God telling you to stand right in that corner back there. And I'm getting a word from the Lord for you. <laughs> come on now. Are you afraid you're going to get what you've got power over to get off their life? But you don't think you've got enough power and love of God to keep it off See, this is getting sober now, ain't it? Come on. Jesus walked right up. Put a hand on the leper, said, 
And what happened? Leprosy left. It was all gone, just like that. Notice what this leper said. He must have been in some churches today. He said, I know you can. I know you got the power, but I don't know if you will. Now, why would somebody ask that they don't know they will? Because they don't know how much he loved them. Come on. Didn't know the love and pity and compassion that Jesus had for him and that God had for him to begin with. He never would have asked that stupid question of if you want to. Of course he wanted to. He already does, praise God, and he already did. So in your life, he's already did these things. It's not a question of whether he will or he won't. He did. The question is, will you accept the mercy and love that he's already given you and receive from him and call on that mercy and love with boldness? So you got no reason. If he loves you that much, you got no reason to. See, even the natural realm, sometimes we get carried away, and I don't non-condone this, but I'm just showing you an example. You have a fight, say, with your wife, and it's a tough one, and basically you're supposed to be making up, and in order to get, to get forgiveness, you've got to bring her flowers in order to pay for your stuff so that you can walk in love and be forgiven again. Well, you don't have to bring flowers to God. Come on, you see what I'm, that's what we're trained to do. Well, I'll forgive you when you bring me candy and flowers. Well, then you ain't want to forgive me for the right reason anyway, praise God. You're forgiving me to get something. Matter of fact, you're manipulating me right now, praise God. You want to go right down to it. Now, there's nothing wrong with giving flowers to your spouse. <laughs> I'm going to be very careful here. Very careful here. Hallelujah. All right, go to Matthew 20. Love you, honey. Matthew chapter 20. Now what did I do? Nothing. Keep going. <laughs> I forgot about the camera. <laughs> the camera's on. Oh, my God. Hey, you never know what's coming next. See, I said that in this church. You never know what's coming next. Okay, that'll be good. That'll be fine. That'll be fine. I'll make sure he turns it off before you do anything that you don't want to do. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right. Hallelujah. All right, Matthew chapter 20. Are we there? Is anybody else going to come up here before we read the scripture? Or is everybody set? <laughs> Shall I say? All right, look at verse 29. And as they departed from Jerusalem, a great multitude followed Jesus. And behold, two blind men sitting by the wayside, when they heard that Jesus passed by, cried out, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, thou son of David. And the multitude rebuked them, because they should hold their peace. But they cried the more, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, thou son of David. And Jesus stood still and called on them and said, What? Will ye that I should do unto you? They said unto him, Lord, that our eyes may be opened. Jesus had on them touched their eyes, and immediately their eyes received sight, and they followed him. Notice here's a couple blind men. Notice what the blind men did not say. They did not say, Have power on us. They did not say, Have healing on us. They said, Have. They were calling and had a revelation of the mercy and love of God for them. So they were calling on the mercy and love of God for them so that they could get her sight back. This made other people mad because other people don't believe God loves them. You just think God loves you. I don't know why you think that. He sort of loves us all. 
See? But they had a revelation of it. They made the people bad, and they wouldn't get off of it. The mercy and love of God. We're calling on the mercy and the love of God. And, and, and notice what happened. Jesus, stop. Say, Jesus, stop. Notice, wherever the anointing's at, if you start talking on the mercy and love of God, the anointing will stop right where you're at. It'll be right there. It'll be available to you right there. The anointing's walking along saying, is anybody going to have any faith in the love of God today? And I want you to say, have mercy, Lord, and thanks for loving me. And it stops. This is where it's at. I want to help that person. And it finds that person. It once releases. What does it release? Faith in that situation. What does faith do in that situation? Releases the power of God. What's it do? A manifestation of the Spirit happens in that realm. Praise God. So notice they were calling on the love of God. They were saying the love of God. They were doing it. Now, did they call on the love of God because they qualified for it? Because they didn't qualify for it. But you don't understand. I've gone to church now 40 years, every Wednesday, every Sunday, every Thursday night when they had something, and God still won't heal me. I don't know why he won't do that. Well, I can tell you why he won't do it. You cannot earn what God has already paid for you. It's already been provided for you, and you are in a receiving position simply by believing the mercy and love of God. Whenever you have thoughts about God not liking you, God not loving you, God not caring about your situation, demonic. It's demonic. So you don't want to sit there and meditate on it. Well, that's probably true. Well, no, I did. Well, maybe he does, but pastor said he didn't, but I'll tell you what, I always, and you go around the circle and pretty soon you're all confused and don't know what you're doing because you can control sometimes the anointing in a situation by what you're believing and what you're going for. Praise God. Let me give you an example. Last week when we ministered here on Sunday morning, and I can't remember who I talked to first or who I called up first, but as I was looking around to find out who God wanted to say something over next, all at once I was pulled in Luann's arena. And that's because Luann was sitting there saying, Lord, call, have him call me next. Have him call me next. Have him call me next. I want a word from you. Have him call me next. Have him call me Now, I was gravitated toward her, do you see? What was she calling on? The love and the mercy of God for a word that she needed at that time in that position. And she drew the Spirit of God over to her, and she was called right in the place where she wanted to be called. And in the succession, do you see what I mean? All this stuff that happens, some of you can sit in a service the whole time and not understand one thing that took place. I don't mean that derogatory. I mean, spiritual things have to be discerned. And you can see spiritual things that happen. I mean, this morning I was going to preach, get this, on compassion. <laughs> Come on. Where do you think I'm getting all this stuff? You think I'm this smart? No, I got notes right here, praise God. Hallelujah. Right here they are. Right there they go, praise God. They're already here, ready to go. All right. One more. Let's go to Jude chapter 1. You read the story, too, about uh, where Jesus was preaching on the side of the hill or something, and there was 4,000 people there, and they hadn't eaten in like three days. Can you imagine people not eating for three days and sitting under the Word? No. No, I can't either. Praise God. I can't imagine either. No. Praise God. But the Bible says he was moved with? Notice, whenever you're moved by compassion, it gives you ability beyond the natural realm to see an answer come that's not available in the natural realm. In other words, healing comes. That's beyond. Uh, Raising a man from the dead was beyond Jesus' natural power, but the Spirit of God took him beyond because of the compassion he had in that situation. So compassion will take you beyond the situation. Hallelujah. All right, Jude 20. Jude 20 says, but beloved, say, that's me. That's me. Say, I'm the beloved. I'm the beloved. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But ye, beloved, building on yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the 
Holy Ghost. Now notice here he says you need to pray in the Holy Ghost. Why do I need to pray in the Holy Ghost? Because praying in the Holy Ghost not only stirs up the Spirit on the inside of you, but praying in the Holy Ghost is a way of interceding for someone else and giving your time to intercede for someone else and maybe helping someone else's situation rather than your own. But I don't feel like praying in tongues. Yeah, you don't feel like loving anybody and reaching out in mercy of God to somebody and praying for somebody. That's, I understand that, praise God. Hallelujah. So you pray for like 30 seconds and look up and think it's three hours and it's not? <laughs> See, but no. So he says, self praying in the Holy Ghost. Look at verse 21. You need to keep yourself where? You've got to keep yourself. Now, now, how many know this is your responsibility? You've got to keep yourself in the love of God. Why is that? Well, Romans chapter 8 says there's going to be death and life, angels, principalities, powers, things present, things to come. They're all going to try to separate you from the love of God. Why? Because if he can separate you from the love of God, he can separate you from your faith, he can separate you from your power, and you can't do nothing but live as a mere Christian like everybody else in the world, talking about your problems and your difficulties all the time, rather than finding out who you really are. So he was trying to separate you from the love of God, so none of those things are going to separate me. Nothing coming. Somebody talking about me, not going to separate me from the love of God. Somebody doesn't like me, not going to talk about the liberty of God. Hallelujah. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to be separate. God loves me. He loves me. In the midst of a storm. I was coming in this morning, always listening to a preacher. And, you know, he's a nice guy. I listened to him quite a bit, but he was talking. And, and one of his things in his sermon, he said, if you're out there today and God has left you in sickness and disease and allowed you to stay in the, the, the marriage that you're in and your family falling apart and this and that and your depression and God allows you to do that, I just want you to know he still loves you. And I'm thinking, still loves me? Is that the kind of love God I've got? If that's the kind of love God I got, then I'd rather serve Buddha probably, praise God. Come on now. You see what I mean? No, you can't say that. God's already provided for their healing, already provided for their deliverance, already provided. If they just knew how much he loved him, they'd come out of the thing. But don't make excuses for where you are and stay there just because maybe God loves you today. Maybe the Bible says no respecter of persons. He loves everybody the same. So notice, you've got to keep yourself in the love of God looking for the judgment, the criticalness, the length of their hair. No, looking for the mercy. So now I'm in the love of God. I've prayed in the Holy Ghost for someone else, and I'm looking for the mercy on everybody. I'm looking for the potential on the inside of each and every person that I run to. I know there's something on the inside of them I'm trying to pull out from God. I'm not judging them by the stupid things they're doing now. I'm pulling out of the inside of them all the good things that God has because there's something on the inside of each and every one of us. It's not a pastor apostle situation. It's a people situation. And we want to pull those things out of the inside of each and every person that's here and give you an opportunity to use the gifts that God has on the inside of you. So we're looking for the mercy on everything. All right. Verse 21, keeping yourself in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life, and of some have, and what does that do? Making a difference. What makes a difference? Compassion. What makes a difference? How much power you got? No, how much compassion you got. Because your compassion is equal to your power. Your compassion is equal to your faith. Knowing the love of God and operating in the love of God is the key for you living above the natural realm and living in the kingdom of God because it is a kingdom of power. It is a kingdom of faith. And it is a kingdom, first of all, of love. Praise God. God loved you before you ever existed. Before you ever made one mistake, get over your past mistakes. I don't care who you run into to say they were perfect before they got saved. They weren't. Matter of fact, they were probably more rotten than you. They just don't want to talk about it, praise God. I got no problem talking about it because it's over with for me, praise God. The old man is dead and I'm a brand new creation in Christ Jesus. And I know that God loves me, praise God. It was spoken over my life by that Catholic priest who said, Brother, you don't have to say all your sins in this confessional, which was good because I'd still be there. 
I mean, you can commit a lot of sins before you're 30. And he just walked up and gave me just a little hug, say a little hug, and said, welcome home, son, God loves you. And boy, when he did, I'm telling you, I believed it. I don't know how I believed it or why, never did till then, but I believed he loved me. So praise God, whatever he tells me to do, I'm going to do. I told him when I started this, if the word and the anointing isn't enough in a church, then I quit. If I got to do gimmicks, if I got to have people swallow goldfish, if I got to have people give out gas cards, if I got to do this stuff, then it ain't worth my time anyway, praise God. The word and the spirit's got to be enough, and it is enough. But I just want you to know today, you are the beloved. You're the beloved. Each one of you are beloved of God, praise God. He loves you so very much, and he always wants the best. Forget about the worst. Like Ted said, if you make a mistake in here, nobody's going to get on you about it. Trust me, I've already made those mistakes. See? We may correct you lovingly if you're able to take correction, but praise God. Some do, some don't, but I mean, you don't have to, praise God. You you might make mistakes. You're going to make mistakes, but that's all right, praise God. We are here to love you and to help you and to practice and do whatever. So if you got a word, you know, just use it. If God tells you to do something, do it, praise God, and find out. Hallelujah. All right, jump up this morning. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Before I go, I just want to thank the people who are a large part of this church who help it roll, help it run, help it keep things together, basically. And uh, one of those, of course, is Patrick, who joined us, I don't know, probably a couple years ago now. He's always around. He's a helper. He's a good sounding board. He's a good sounding ear. He teaches about finances. He ministers. He ministers a lot. He does a lot of even stuff that aren't really that spiritual. We're just cleaning up stuff and stuff like that, which, praise God. So we're very honored to have him here. Of course, the Robinson family, total family, are, I mean, they are a blessing to us. They are, they've been with us a long time. They've, they've seen about everything we got, praise God. So they know who we are and how we act and what we do and how we live and everything else. So you know, and so many of you who are here, so many of you have talents, so many of you have gifts. Of course, Ted, we used to sit under Ted's, uh, way back when we first got born again, sit under his uh, marriage class. He used to do a marriage class. At your, what was there, about 500 people in that church, and we had a marriage class, and it was like our, us and one other couple. Apparently, nobody cares about their marriage. But that's what it was, and we were there with another couple, and we were instructing on how to love each other and how to do this stuff in each other. And this was, man, 30 years ago, probably. Well, we're not going to say that. Ten years ago. It's ten years ago. <laughs> but all these people have contributed, you know, to the leadership here, to the things that they do. They're all a very big part of this, praise God. So I just wanted to mention them and honor them this morning with that. Glory to God. All right, let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you. And, and we, we want a full revelation of your love for us. Hallelujah. Help us to look past our faults. Help us to look past our failings and see how much you love us and how much mercy you have for each and every one of us. I declare, Holy Ghost, that every time a torpedo of the devil comes trying to knock out the love of God in our lives, that you'd rise up on the inside of us. You'd give us the written word. And we say, no, no, it is written. He is rich in mercy. And he loves me, praise God, just the way I am. And I thank you, Father, for what you're doing in our lives and spirit of God you just continue to have your way as this week goes on and we thank you for it in Jesus name and everybody said Amen. all right we will see you Wednesday night at 7 30 did you
Christ, the King.